Creative Legals, the show that helps you understand the law around property investment. Whether you are a vanilla landlord or doing creative deals. Because what you do not know could cost you. Creative Legals, law for creative deals. Joining us now, your host, Julie Condliffe, the legal diva, successful property investor and specialist property litigation solicitor. Hey, thank you so very much for joining me again today on this amazing platform where we realise that landlords matter. So we're here to share ideas, best practice and legal know-how. I thought it would be a really good idea today just to summarise the power-packed previous podcasts that we've done on topical matters such as the coronavirus eviction ban, the proposed reaction protocol and how to successfully and speedily evict our tenants. The next episode that I'm going to do is going to give you a step-by-step guide on the actual eviction process. I'm sure you're going to find it useful so do subscribe to ensure that you're notified as soon as the episode is uploaded. The summary I provide today should really help you get a good understanding of what you need to do before you kickstart the actual eviction process by sending the original notice. It will also help you if you've already served an eviction notice and are probably thinking, oh my goodness, is my notice going to be valid? Are there any steps that I need to take to ensure that the court won't take a dim view on the actions that perhaps I have or haven't actually taken? So this is going to help you with that. It will also help you perhaps if you haven't kickstarted the process and you just need to know what the position is post service of an eviction notice. Today will also benefit you because I'm going to give you a checklist of what you need to do before you actually serve your eviction notice. So it will be a step-by-step guide, which I'm sure you will find invaluable. I'm also going to give you a fact sheet for you to go through just to make sure that you've done everything that's required on your part before service of the notice. So do let me have your email address and your phone number because we do update you uh, by SMS, by WhatsApp, by emails because you and I realise that we are in these unprecedented times and things are changing sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes on a weekly basis. Obviously, we promise you we're not going to spam you. We'll just provide you with information that we consider is pertinent to help you in your investment journey. And guess what? You know I'm awesome, don't you? Yep. That's right. Thanks. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm just kidding. But anyway, next week, I will also send you another checklist uh, on what you need to do post service of the notice, but prior to issuing court proceedings. And I know that's going to help you. Um, So we will send that to you by email. We must move on now to the summary. So the summary is in three parts. The first part is what you do prior to service 
of the notice. And then the secondary part is what you do post service of the notice. And then the last part is what you do prior to the hearing. So prior to the hearing, you must establish early contact with the tenant as soon as you consider that you want to evict the tenant. This could be because of a default on the tenant's part or it could be because you just require your property back. If the default is in relation to rental arrears, you must contact the tenant as soon as the arrears arise. Ensure that all your contact with the tenant is properly documented, not just that. You also want to ensure that if you've got more than one tenant, you are contacting all the tenants separately. By contacting the clients, I keep calling them clients, by contacting the tenants, you want to arrange a settlement agreement of some sort. You want to arrange a payment plan. Um, again, it's important for you to record um, or make a record of all the payment plans that you successfully make. Even if you're not successful, you still need to keep a record of all the attempts that you made settlement wise. If your tenants meet the criteria, you must arrange for DWP to pay the arrears directly to you. Whatever you do, make sure that the clients understand the information that you've provided to them. So just make sure that it is in some comprehensible format. If your tenant is under 18 or particularly vulnerable, please do everything within your power to engage with, you know, social services, their care providers, or whoever it is that's providing them with support. You want to ensure that your tenant actually has the mental capacity to defend any proceedings that you will be bringing or you may be bringing. Um, if that is the case, then there may be need for you to appoint a litigation friend. And again, I can help you with that. You also want to look into issues around equality, issues around disability, issues around the Disability Discrimination Act of 1995. So that's going to be important. You also want to consider the uh, housing benefit position. You want to be able to help your client <laughs> your tenant. Okay, do you know what? Forget it. Every time I make reference to a client, it just basically means I'm making reference to a tenant. I'm a lawyer after all. Yes, I know I am also a landlord, but please forgive me. So I'm potentially going to be constantly referring to tenants as clients. Strictly speaking, they are our clients, aren't they? As landlords, you know, we need them for our businesses. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, we need to offer our tenants support in relation to their housing benefit claim. Um, we also need to find a way of ascertaining whether the tenant has provided 
all the evidence required to be able to process the housing benefit claim. We also want to know whether the tenants got a reasonable expectation of eligibility in terms of housing benefit. All that is important because if we don't do that, and later on, if we determine that our client, our tenant was actually eligible uh, for housing benefit um, and all the other points that I mentioned under this housing benefit um, subtopic, then you won't be entitled to issue court proceedings. Your, your proceedings will literally um, fall flat or rather they'll fall apart like a $2 suitcase, which is not something that we actually want. Um, the other point to consider under housing benefit is whether your tenant has paid other sums of money that were due but not covered by the housing benefit. If you answer yes to all the points that I've made, so I'll summarise those points again um, because I know I was laughing um, partly. So the, the, the points to note are as follows under housing benefit. Have you offered uh, to help the tenant with their housing benefit claim? Has the tenant provided all the evidence required to process the housing benefit claim? Has the tenant a reasonable uh, expectation of eligibility for housing benefit? Has the tenant paid other sums due which are not covered by housing benefit? If the response to all those is in the affirmative. Do not start proceedings because your proceedings will literally be invalid. So that's that. So in summary, help your client um, get in touch with the DWP yourself if the tenant has consented to, to that. Um, advise the client to seek assistance from the citizen's advice um, or other similar bodies, shelter, and a few others. So uh, that's that in summary in relation to your obligations prior to service of an eviction notice with a particular bias towards uh, rental arrears. So once you've done all of that, you should have the green light to go right ahead and serve your eviction notice. What if you have already served your notice, but you've not issued court proceedings. And then now you're mindful of all these changes because of the coronavirus act. Well, fear not, that actually is the second part of this summary. So you've got hope. This is what I need you to do right now. If you're in that category of people who've already served notice, but have not issued court proceedings, I want you to drop what you're doing right now and make contact with your tenant to try and agree a payment plan. That's actually crucial if you haven't already done so. Well, actually, in hindsight, maybe maybe don't drop what you're doing right now because I need you to listen to the remainder um, of this <laughs> of this episode. I meant drop what you're doing metaphorically, not literally. Okay. My point here is I need you to engage with the tenant. That is really important. You need to engage with the tenant now post service of the notice. You need to engage with the tenant to try and negotiate settlement. You need to contact 
all the tenants if there's more than one named tenant on the tenancy. Okay, so try to reach some sort of a deal. Try to get a payment plan of some sort. Take into account the tenant's um, financial circumstances. Get an income expenditure uh, form if you need to. Um, just get to the bottom of it and record all the conversations. I, I don't mean, you know, record, record as in like without their permission. I just mean have a system in place where you can make attendance notes, have a system in place where you can have somewhere where you can note that we sent a letter on this date, we sent a text message on this date, we made a telephone call on this date. That kind of record is what I reference here. So if you manage to successfully reach settlement, that's fantastic news. That means you won't need to go ahead and issue court proceedings. That's a win-win for everybody, is it not? The focal point is, as landlords, we are actually not on a mission to evict tenants. Some people think we are. Some people think that's what we actually want to do, just make people homeless. No. We're not in the business of doing that. We as landlords actually need tenants. So I just want the record to reflect that we need tenants. However, this is a business for us. If the tenants are not paying a rent, then potentially the business becomes unviable. We then have no options. Our hands are tied. We will have to either engage in settlement negotiations, which is what I'm encouraging you to do right now, in the absence of successful negotiations, we are left with no choice but to issue court proceedings. That's it. If there is a fundamental breach, we'll need to resolve it or regain possession. Possession for us is always a last resort. We want to be able to recover the debt, not regain possession. Please note, before issuing court proceedings, we must make reasonable attempts to try to contact the tenant to discuss the rental arrears. This must be done as soon as is practicably possible. If we do reach a settlement with the tenant, then Again, that is fantastic news. Proceedings must be postponed in that case. In the event that the tenant then breaches the terms of the properly documented settlement agreement, then you still have to give them another chance. You have to warn them of your intention to bring possession proceedings. If the matter still can't be resolved by discussion and negotiation, only then can you go ahead and issue court proceedings, which leads us naturally to the last point prior to the hearing. So once you've issued court proceedings, of course, you have to wait until you hear from the court. You've got your hearing date at least 10 days before the hearing. You must provide the tenant with an up-to-date rent statement. I've outlined in detail in the other podcasts what 
is needed in those particular RIN statements. So you also need to provide the tenant the same information you know, or at least would now know, about the housing benefit position. You need to let the tenant know of the date and time of the court hearing. It doesn't really matter whether you know that the court has already written to the tenant about the court date and the hearing. You still need to do it anyway. You also need to advise the tenant that their property is at risk of repossession. Well, it's not really repossession, is it? It's well, it is because you are taking the property back. But I don't want this to be mistaken with you know mortgages in possession. Um, so you just need to let the tenant know that they're at risk of being kicked out of the property. Use better language than that. <laughs> and if the tenant is uh, keeping to the payment arrangement made after the proceedings were issued, you must seriously consider postponing the court proceedings. If you go right ahead in complete disregard of the payments that the tenant is making towards the outstanding arrears, towards the um, agreed settlement agreement or payment plan, I am confident that the court will take a dim view towards your conduct and you could actually be penalised in costs. The hearing is more than likely um, to be adjourned. If you come across perhaps a stern judge, your proceedings could actually be kicked out. Uh, I'm not saying they will be, but I'm saying it's a possibility. Um, So I would suggest that you just don't breach the terms of any settlement agreement that you've made with a tenant. If you've made an agreement, then comply with that and then just write to the court, um, advising the court that settlement has been reached um, and that you would um, invite the court to adjourn the hearing or to stay the proceedings. So at least you've still got that in your back pocket in the unlikely event that the tenant then breaches the terms of your settlement agreement, you can then write back to the court just asking for um, the stay to be lifted, asking for um, the hearing, the matter to be relisted um, for a hearing at the next available date. So all those options are available to you. In the event that the tenant breaches the settlement agreement, even at this late stage in the day, you still need to send them another warning letter, warning communication, just saying, look, you've breached the terms um, of the agreement. Could you please, you know, make good your promises? Um, And if they do make good, then there's really no need to continue um, with the proceedings. I'm sure that you found this summary very, very um, helpful. Um, So I thank you for taking the time um, to listen and I value your feedback. And until next time. Thank you for joining us on Creative Legals. Remember, what you do not know could cost you. Stay up to date. Subscribe to our weekly updates using the links below. Remember, 
what you do not know could cost you. CreativeLegals.com Faster. Smarter. Better. Better.